welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. It is finally, officially, Wild Card Weekend. And to preview everything that we're going to see this weekend, hopefully some things that we aren't sure is going to happen, some surprises in here maybe, I have Austin Freed of the Tricky Takes Podcast, part of the Phantom Sports Industries Podcast Network. I don't know if we have an official title for that or not, but either way, Austin, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Glad to be on. Glad to have you, man. Uh, real quick, um, tricky takes. Just give us a, a a super quick lowdown before you know. We'll we'll do a whole thing at the end, but um, tell tell us when when listeners here can can listen to tricky takes and and, and just a quick synopsis of what you guys do. Yeah, so we're uh, we're just a sports podcast. Uh, we post you know weekly um, on you know, all the normal podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we're on it most likely. Um, and we're just, it's just me and two of my best buds. Uh, we just hop on and, and talk about whatever we're feeling like talking about in the sports world. Uh, you know, it's been revolving a lot about, um, about football because it's football season, but uh, you know, as football season comes to an end, if you're a big fan of basketball or baseball, you know, uh, swing on by because we're going to be talking about that. There was World Cup coverage. There's fantasy football. There was college football talk last week. Um, yeah, literally, literally everything. I I scroll through the the feed, and, and every week it's just there's a new topic that feels like it's popping up. So go check out Tricky Takes for uh, all of your sports needs and listen to Austin. But Austin and I right now are going to dive in to Wild Card Weekend. We're going to cover all six upcoming games um and hopefully get everybody ready and excited for the matchups uh we have set a preliminary soft timer of eight minutes per contest for each of these games we'll see if some of them even get to eight minutes we'll see if some can stay under the eight minutes so austin are you ready yeah let's kick it off we're going to kick it off with the most riveting matchup uh, of the week and it's going to be the buffalo bills versus the miami dolphins miami uh tuesday i believe was reported that quarterback to a was still in concussion protocol seems unlikely that he's going to clear that and then wednesday afternoon i believe was reported that miami was planning ahead like skylar thompson was going to be the starter so teddy bridgewater still likely out with that finger um, I believe they signed Mike Lennon to the practice squad at some point. Don't know if he'll act as the backup or Teddy will, but either way, Skylar Thompson, once again, looks like he's going to start and he's going to start in a playoff game versus the Buffalo Bills. Austin, what are you thinking about for this game? Uh, whether on-field matchup, any storylines going into the game? What What do you want to talk about? Um. Yeah, unfortunately for the Dolphins, it's just kind of a, a bad matchup and a bad situation for them as a team uh they're also going into buffalo where it's going to be most likely below freezing uh this weekend if you look at the weather reports there i don't think we'll see snow but it will be uh very cold so it's looking like it's going to be uh heavy on the, the bills um you know betting wise and everything I, I really don't see any way the dolphins win this one unless uh he goes Thompson goes uh turns into Skylar Murray or something and, and goes crazy. <laughs> but uh you know, they split in the regular season. Um, but the Bills have won actually eight of the last nine matchups right. against the Dolphins. So it's it's just looking real bad for them. 
Yeah, um, the Dolphins are the the vibes around the whole team just feel real bad right now. I mean, ever since Tua went back out with the tech, really third concussion of the season, it just kind of felt like that that the season and any kind of mojo and any kind of excitement they were bringing was officially kind of shot and it was kind of headed that way anyways the 49ers game the Chargers primetime game uh really felt like we found the the chink of the armor of that that you know really exciting offense that we saw at the beginning of the season and now you know not only is it Tua that that is dealing with injuries you're you're talking about here are some guys on the injury report right now Teron Armstead who has four injuries listed at one time. I don't know if I've ever seen that toe, peck, knee, and hip. The guy has just fallen apart. Uh, Bradley Chubb is still on it as well. Liam Eikenberg, Melvin Ingram, Raheem Mostert has that that broken thumb that I think just happened in the, the game the other day against the Jets. Um, uh, Jalen Phillips has been on it, but I think he's been playing. Jalen Waddle's on it right now. Jeff Wilson, uh, like four offensive tackles are on this thing somehow the the whole team just kind of literally limped its way into the postseason and i don't think uh, you know skylar thompson sure can we you know see him start scrambling around doing something we don't expect that's a good way to win a playoff game the other thing the only thing i'm really looking at and, and really trying to see is if miami can replicate the run game that they had a, a few weeks ago. It's it's really frustrating, and, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but it's really frustrating because you watch the game, any of Miami's games, and it looks like they'll, they'll pull off two or three runs in a row, and it looks like this could be a pretty good run team, which you would expect, right? Mike McDaniel, the Kyle Shanahan scheme. McDaniel was actually the run game coordinator in San Francisco at one point. Raheem Mostert, I've always liked as a runner, um, and, and it feels like they should be able to run the ball pretty, pretty well, pretty consistently. Um, but they just don't go to it a lot. They don't. And, and the offensive line, whoever's in or out has a big uh, effect on that, but they ran for 188 yards in that last game against the bills, just a, a handful of weeks ago. I think that's the only way they can try and replicate a win anything on the Miami run game or just, you know, this bill's defense and, and maybe what, what they might do against that. Yeah. I mean, Anyone from the the Shanahan school of of running the football is liable to do something crazy. Um, I remember, was it two years ago when the 49ers had like 180 yards before contact against the uh, the Packers in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, it's possible for them to scheme up something just absurd. So I think that's what Mike McDaniel is going to try and do. Um, I expect him to try and use uh, Skylar Thompson as an offensive weapon, kind of in a Taysom Hill-esque role, maybe. Like, I could see that becoming a big threat. But um, if Mostert is not getting a full carry, uh, you know, for a full workload with that injury he's dealing with, I don't expect them to be too explosive. Um, I wish they would have done something and kept Chase Edmonds. Uh I liked him a lot when he was in Arizona for the first part of his career. It did not pan out in Miami form at all. Uh, I don't remember if they did. They, was he traded with that Chubb trade? Yep. Um, yeah. I feel like if they had him to maybe fall back to, that'd be at least something. But um, if Mostert's out, I'm not, I don't trust any of their backups there. And they, I mean, they made the move for, for Jeff Wilson as well, which that felt like it was going to be a sneaky, interesting thing. And then he, I think, got hurt like second week in Miami 
and he's been playing, he's been active, he's been out, but they're, yeah, they're not really utilizing him. So it's kind of just baffling, wondering why you went and made the move and yeah, why you let go of Edmonds. I mean, I, I think you said on the Tricky Takes podcast that they just, they really believe in Mostert and they just keep trotting him out there. And again, I like Mostert, but he's got the the thumb injury now. And that, you know, this is yeah. what happens. You, you give Mostert too big of a workload and, and something happens. So I think unless, and let's see here, Miami went for over 160 yards on the ground against the Jets just last week, who have been a very good defense. So I, I think there's, there's a world where this run game still does something. Yeah. But I mean, if- Jeff, Jeff Wilson is a capable back, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't trust Jeff Wilson to go out there and win me a football game. Right. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and even if you show up with a run game, a good run game and you go for a buck 60, a buck 75, you know, you're kind of bringing a knife to a gunfight there with, yeah. with Buffalo, like, okay, great. You, yeah. you, you went on a 12 play, 86 yard drive where he ran the ball 10 times and you got a touchdown. Well, Josh Allen's going to throw two passes and tie yeah, this Gabe game Davis up, so. for 65 yeah. yards. Like yeah, just... yeah, yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel great. And that Dolphins defense um, relied a lot on kind of luck and turnovers early in the season. And, and that's just not sustainable, especially against a high powered offense. So I think we're going the same way there with the bills and we don't expect it to be too, too interesting. And look at that. We spent a whole seven minutes on Miami, technically. So, um, yeah, we can have to do respect. Yeah, we're doing we're doing great. We're doing great. Let's move on here. Uh, number two in the AFC, we've got the Bengals and the Ravens. The Ravens are going through what feels like a whole playoff matchup on its own off the field with Lamar Jackson, who's been out for six weeks. Um, who knows if we'll ever see him in, in a Ravens jersey again at this point. But uh Currently, Tyler Huntley didn't practice this uh, practice today either. Um, so he's questionable at this time to to play in the game uh, over the weekend. And, you know, we've seen this offense just not, you know, live up to kind of what the expectations were with Huntley anyways this season after, you know, how he played in relief for Lamar Jackson last year and how this offense looked. Um, but Bengals, Ravens, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I and the main thing I wrote down uh, when I saw this was I think we've seen Lamar play his last game in a Ravens uniform already. I, I mm-hmm. think I think there's no um, chance that he plays this week. I think there's a good chance we see Huntley from everything I've seen. It's looking like he'll be on track to go out if he you know if he needs to, um, which I think he'll need to. Um, but it's just, I don't think they're going to make it past the Bengals. Um, the way I described the Bengals uh, yesterday while recording the, the Tricky Takes podcast was a buzzsaw. And I think they're going to make clean work out of uh, the Ravens simply because they're just riddled with injuries. I think a healthy Ravens team could put up a fight with anybody in the NFL, but not as we're seeing them walk into the wild card weekend yeah i'm i'm with you that it, it it feels almost too simplistic to say but it's kind of just the nature of the nfl and if, if you're on your backup quarterback in, in the playoffs and it's not you know a brock purdy or or you know someone that just com- has completely surprised you and, and has shown it 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 it's just real tough to win and, and the ravens especially they've built this offense around 
around Lamar Jackson. And, and even if you have somebody that's a, a similar play style, they're not going to do it the way that this team needs. They're not going to bring the same level of explosiveness, the same X factor that Lamar Jackson is. And the the offense around it, even, even just from a talent standpoint, just is not strong enough to keep up. But I will say the one thing I'm kind of looking for is this Ravens defense has definitely gotten better as the season has gone along. Um, while I don't for think helps. trading for Roquan helps, and we should say he locked up a uh, long-term contract today on Wednesday. Um, so that was both expected, but also still notable with the Lamar Jackson uh, contract saga continuing itself. Um, so, so I don't know, you know, from a pass defense standpoint, how much it's going to help, but I, I will be interested to see if the Ravens can cook up some blitzes, some good pass rush because the Bengals, and maybe this is going to be more of an issue for them down the line in the playoffs, their offensive lines falling apart. Lyle Collins got hurt during the regular season. I think torn ACL and MCL he's done. Akima Deneji has been playing right tackle. And that's the guy that was getting attacked all postseason last year. Um, but then Alex Kappa got hurt in, in the game against the Ravens just last week and kind of under the radar news does he's not going to play this week. Um, that right side of the line is hurting. So whether it's Kyle Hamilton or Adafi Owe or, you know, Roquan Smith, can, can you bring somebody off the edge a couple times, get to Burrow, force him to make mistakes? Again, I don't think it's going to be something that the Ravens can necessarily take advantage of but something to keep an eye on for the Bengals down the line. But I, I think if the Ravens do pull something out on this one, we'll, we'll be talking about that offensive line for the Bengals once again. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm interested to see, because this is the exact same matchup that we saw in you know, week 18, it was Bengals Ravens. And um, I saw a tweet earlier today um, with uh, Jamar Chase making a, a statement about some of the um, stuff he saw that the Ravens do that they've already just got stuff planned to just cook up what they saw. So the Ravens better have some, uh, some new looks. Cause I mean, last week Jamar Chase went for like 90 yards and a touchdown. So if they've got some stuff cooked up for him, a special, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously they didn't show all their hand. Neither team really showed their full hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Last week, you know, J.K. Dobbins didn't even play for the right. uh, Ravens. So maybe that could be a difference maker. J.K. Dobbins is uh, really good. And a lot of people have said some really dumb stuff about him since he's came back from injury. He's looked mm-hmm. great. I don't care mm-hmm. what people say about his him running slightly weird on film. If you go back and watch him at Ohio State, he's, he's a straight-up runner. Like, that's just kind of how he runs. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason to be concerned about J.K. Dobbins. In fact, he's one of my like sneaky like go by in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I'm at in this whole situation. I think Cincinnati is just gonna pretty much take it about as easy as the Bills will from Miami. So, <laughs> and and Cincinnati for you know their their woes injury wise on offense. The defense has gotten healthy. Sam Hubbard, I think, played a little bit in this game against Cincinnati. We saw Trey Hendrickson come back a couple of weeks earlier. Um, DJ Reader came back, you know, in the in the middle of the season. He was dealing with some early uh, season injuries. So, so the defense of Cincinnati is looking pretty good. Just uh, doing a quick run through the injury report. Yeah, I mean, 
T. Higgins was out with an illness today. That's not going to be an issue. Cam Taylor Britt, a groin. He practiced a little bit today. He's been playing a lot um, of corner for them this season, but they are looking in much better shape than Baltimore from an injury perspective. So I, I think, you know, even even if, uh, sim- uh, yeah, again, similar to the Dolphins, even if the Ravens get a bit of a run game going, I don't think they're going to be able to slow down this this offense uh, enough to keep up. Um, the Bengals haven't allowed more than 24 points in a game against them since week 11. And obviously they played, they didn't have the game in week 17 against the Bills, which I think the Bills had a chance to, had a pretty good chance I'd to put up do that, those yeah. points. But, but, you know, they didn't play that game, so... Uh, you have to just look at, I mean, they played, they played the chiefs and held yep. them to like 24 points. So yep. that defense is something serious. That week 11 matchup that had more than that. That was the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Just throwing that out there. 30, 30 points, a big 30 burger for the Steelers. That's a, it's a big deal this season. Um, there's my little sad Steelers take for you for that <laughs> evening. Uh, let's, let's move along here. Cause I, I think we, we covered everything there pretty good. Our final AFC matchup that we're going to talk about tonight, Jaguars-Chargers. Obviously, Coach Staley is catching a lot of flack early this week here for uh, playing all of his starters for a large portion of that Week 18 game where their seating was already locked up. Um, Joey Bosa, with uh, who had been dealing with in, you know coming back from his injury, he left the game a little hobbled. Obviously, the big one was Mike Williams, a wide receiver who had a back contusion. Which is, you know, when when contusion is said in, about someone's back and it's supposed to be a positive sign, um, that's not really being in good shape. He purportedly had to be like helped onto the bus and, and everything. So uh, for another guy that's been dealing with injury all year to see that is not a great place to be. Um, meanwhile, the Jaguars coming off of the win Saturday night in week 18 uh, to, to secure their spot in the playoffs. They, it feels like they're, they're kind of riding a high right now. Um, it, what do you, what are you thinking about for this matchup Jags chargers? I mean, this is the battle of the future and the AFC it's Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. The two young guns, um, obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't old, but he is the oldest quarterback playing, currently still playing in the AFC um, at 27 years old. So it, it is a, a young, talented group of quarterbacks over there. Um, and I think these two guys really are the the big, biggest names. Um, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar are a little bit, are not, um, Joe Burrow and Lamar are slightly older than these two guys. Um, so I, I'm really excited for this matchup. I think it could go either way. Um, I'm I'm really big into like splits and that kind of stuff with stats and, and looking at, um, you know, how teams do and on the road versus at home and a really interesting one that I always look into is West coast teams flying east and they're going from los angeles to jacksonville which is going to be um not super fun i hope they get in town early and kind of get used to the eastern time because it sucks um i think the jaguars can do it man uh i I, i'm most excited for this game out of all the games that I, I really think this one 
uh, is the one I would, if I could only watch one, it would be this game. Um, I love both quarterbacks a lot. The Chargers are dealing with injuries as they have all season. The Jaguars are just a slightly less talented roster. But the way Peterson's coaching, the way Trevor's been playing since like week nine, he's been a top three quarterback in the NFL. So it's really a coin toss for me. I don't know if I necessarily feel confident picking a winner. Um, If Mike Williams is healthy, I think I'll give it to the Chargers. But if Mike Williams isn't playing, I might have to go Jags. Your point on the Jaguars being slightly less talented is so right, and it makes it all the more frustrating because the Jaguars just run so much of the stuff you want to see the Chargers running offensively, pushing the ball downfield, being creative, using some weapons. And yeah, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, they don't get you excited like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, right? Until you you turn it on and you're like, well, I don't know, that guy's running pretty fast and far downfield. Those two guys aren't doing well, that. Well, the when Chargers... you see when you see Zay Jones do that crazy thing where he like gets up on his own without using his hands and like just kind of floats back up onto his feet, <laughs> when you see that, then you're like, wow, this guy's incredible. <laughs> but when you're watching him run routes, it's like, okay, this guy's just a solid wide receiver. Meanwhile, you know, Mike Williams needs help getting on the bus and Keenan Allen's <laughs> nursing his hamstrings in between plays. Um, oh, gosh, because you just you just want to see Justin Herbert just get to like fully unleash everything right that he's capable of. And, and the and only it just time you like get to see that, that is when they're like down six with like three right. minutes left. Yep. And it's like if Brandon Staley would. God, I hate to say this, would just let him cook. <laughs> I know you can you almost can't say that anymore. It's it's gone. Uh if Brandon say would you let him cook, I think uh the Chargers could be um contention. I I'll tell you this. I had the Chargers as my pick for the AFC um super, to win the Super Bowl preseason. I mm-hmm. I was all in on them. Um I know we, I mentioned it in the podcast we did together um on Monday that I'm a big Austin Eckler fan. Mm-hmm. And I I was big on him. I was big on Mike Williams, big on Keenan Allen, big on Herb. I loved uh, Gerald Everett as well at tight Mm -hmm. end. I thought that was Mm -hmm. a really sneaky, underrated signing they got. So I just loved everything about this team, um, except really the coach and now their injury bug. And and yeah, all all those players are great, right? They get you so excited. And then they all run five-yard curls and mm-hmm. comebacks and you know drag routes and the, occasionally mike williams will go for a deep ball and it's a, and it's a jump ball because he's not a separator and it's just it's so mundane and you see justin herbert back there like either running for his life or you see how i love watching how fast he's processing right you just see his head like going mm-hmm. back and forth just like praying somebody gets open and and yeah whenever he does launch it and it's just like wow that's the greatest looking pass i've ever seen and, and nobody's there and it's not going to anybody and it's just meanwhile you have christian kirk and yeah Zay jones doing his floating thing just like yeah making plays doing fun stuff it, th- this game is going to come down to it, i think it's going to be kind of a, a slugfest not quite a shootout it's going to be back and forth but somebody's going to make a mistake right we're going to get some kind of 
critical error from, like you said, one of these young QBs in, in the playoffs for the first time. Um, and it's going to be frustrating and, and it could be for a number of different reasons, but you know, it, it's, this should be a great matchup and it should be for, for years to come as well. One more thing on, uh, Ja- on the Jaguar side specifically, because I feel like I complain about the Chargers every week. So let me say some positive stuff. I'm really interested. This Jacksonville defensive line has just gotten better and better every week. And it's a little bit um, Bills South, if you, if you want to go there. Obviously not quite to that extent, but just the number of guys they have that can rotate in. And this guy's making a play this week. This guy's making a play next week. Um, obviously Trayvon Walker ha- has had a pretty good season as well. So with, for the chargers who have had their, their issues on the offensive line and just with Herbert needing to take so much time because, you know, these receivers, even the starters, even the good ones aren't burners. They're not getting open right away. Um, seeing how this young Jacksonville defensive line, uh, if they can get pressure on Herbert, if they can get to him quickly and force some, again, force some mistakes or, or hit him a little bit and just kind of test him out, that I think this is going to be, you know, a good test for that young group up there. Anything, anything on Jacksonville's defense specifically, or anything up front that interests you? Yeah, when you you can't mention Jacksonville's defense without mentioning Foye Luakun, mm-hmm. who has led the NFL in tackles now two seasons in a row. Um, I, I think it's time we met just when you're mentioning elite linebackers in the game, just his name's got to come up now. Um, I, I'm, I think it's, it's that time. Uh, he has really shown the ability to get guys on the ground and uh, that's what you love from an, an interior linebacker. Um, obviously his coverage skills aren't all that, but um, nobody on the Jack, Bill Jack course coverage skills right. are all that. Not, it's not their strong suit. So. So hopefully they can fix that um, in the off season. That's obviously their their biggest weakness as a team right now. Um, but you know, uh, wrapping up Austin Eckler is going to be a major yep. thing uh, for for the Jaguars if they want to win. And so um, you know, expect another big outing from Foyer. That when when you mentioned Foyer, I immediately thought of Austin Eckler. That's such a good point. Can you limit? the explosive plays can you limit the checkdowns can you limit the you know any kind of pitches that they do with them and then to to talk about the guy next to foyer you know devin lloyd the rookie linebacker who mm-hmm. has gotten better each and every week can can he play mistake free football right can he not give up a you know if it's third and long can he not give up something over the middle to gerald everett or or i mean keenan allen's going to work the middle of the field right it, it's what he's so great at um if if Eckler's going to try to run up the middle at any point, can can Lloyd kind of be the one there to to plug that up as the, as the bigger linebacker? How those guys play along with that defensive line is going to be key because for as frustrating this Chargers offense is, Justin Herbert can take advantage if you let him if you give him the time and space and you give Eckler especially the time and the space to 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 work out of the backfield. Um, so those guys are definitely going to be running around a lot. That's a really good point. Yeah, watching um, Lloyd develop has been fun because he's just, I mean, in college, he was just an absolute freak of nature amongst children. Mm-hmm. And now he's still a freak of nature, but it's against <laughs> other freaks of nature, really. Um, and so it's what you know, watch him take these like horrible pursuit angles and stuff like that, and then have to like adjust, and he still gets there because he's just so fast. Um, and he's so strong, he'll get, you know, caught up uh trying to 
plug up a, a gap, but it doesn't matter. He'll still just bring you down with one arm. Um, and it looks like he's really been kind of catching up to speed and learning from the guys around him like Foyer. And and I think he's he's obviously not really in contention for rookie of the year because um, there have been some defensive stars in this rookie draft that have came out. But, um, you know, long term, I think the Jaguars are going to be super happy with who they took. Yeah, if you can hit on a young inside linebacker in the draft and even by the end of their rookie year, they're just like making the routine plays, you feel so good about that. And then the athleticism will take over, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he'll be able to play some good pass defense, like eventually when he learns, mm-hmm. you know, when he kind of learns the scheme of the NFL and, and kind of figures that out, I think he'll be a great coverage backer just because his athleticism is off the charts. And with that athleticism and with, you know, all those, you know, we mentioned the defensive line and how they rotate, sent him off the edge a couple times. You know, mm-hmm. they, they drafted another linebacker uh, this past year in Chad Muma, and you want to get him on the field some at some point too. So if you can throw him out there to play next to Foye at some point, rush Devin Lloyd off the edge. Um, this, this defensive front has a lot of talent, a lot of interesting pieces. That's going to be really fun. I think for years to come for sure. Um, anything else on Jags chargers? Uh, no, I think we fit it all. All right. Well, let's move over to the NFC then. We're going to start uh, in the NFC West with 49ers and Seahawks. Uh, what do you have for these teams? Obviously, meeting for the third time this season. Um, Brock Purdy, as we mentioned before, is you know the, the new MVP. I think everybody will be putting him, him on their ballots here shortly for the end of the season. Uh, Geno Smith for the Seahawks doing his thing, uh, leading them back into the playoffs now. Um, what do you think about San Francisco and Seattle? Yeah, if you would have told me that in the wild card week out of the NFC West, we would see an, uh, not an all-pro, a Pro Bowl quarterback face up against a rookie sensation quarterback, um, I would not have thought Geno Smith was going to be <laughs> the Pro Bowl quarterback, and I did not think that Brock Purdy would have been the rookie sensation playing quarterback. Um, it's crazy how he got here, <laughs> but here we are nonetheless, and I'm excited. Um, I think the 49ers are going to win pretty easily i think it's i don't think it's going to be like a nail biter of a game but i love watching the seahawks play ken walker is fun to watch run the ball Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um like shades of beast mode with like Mm -hmm. way more speed he's Mm -hmm. not didn't quite have the boom but he lowers his shoulder he's got got some boom Uh without thinking about it he didn't (laughs) think twice about doing it but uh (laughs) not quite the marshall level but much more burst um so he's super fun to watch run. And then obviously DK Metcalf's a freak. Anytime you get to watch him, it's, it's super exciting. Um, and then on the defensive side, probably the most, the second most fun guy to watch on, and you know, the defensive front is uh, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's second behind um, uh, Michael Parsons in terms of like just guys you want to watch play football mm-hmm. on the, the defensive line. So yeah, I think it'll be a fun game, but I do think the 49ers are just a better team. Christian McCaffrey um, isn't probably a top three running back again. Like it, you blink twice and like he's just gone. 
Um, so as a defense, you <laughs> have to be ready for him to just kind of go crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't really see the uh, Seahawks finding enough ways to stop. I do love Tariq Woolen in that mm-hmm. secondary for the Seahawks. I think uh, watching him and Brandon Ayuk match up will be fun because Brandon Ayuk's another guy I love to watch. Um, I think he's a super underrated receiver in the NFL. So I, I'm excited for it. I don't think it'll be a close game, but it's divisional game. So there's, you never really know what's going to happen in the divisional game. They've divisional game. They've seen each other twice already. So what do they have cooked up? That's fresh and new. It's kind of hard to, to face a team for the third time in the year and still kind of have an element of surprise at that point. So that's why I think it comes down to just straight up who's kind of going to execute better. And that's the Niners. Yeah, there's just no the Niners just don't have any any weak spots really, and, and the one thing you could argue for them that is a weak spot, and it's just because he's unproven is Brock Purdy. But I don't Seattle's not the team that's going to take advantage of that, right? Because you mentioned those defensive backs, and, and the whole defensive backfield is just skilled, smart, athletic, opportunistic. Those guys create turnovers, they create splash, but I don't trust this. Seahawks front right now to to force Purdy into those mistakes when you know you're telling me all he has to do is drop back and find Kittle find Ayuk find Christian McCaffrey um you know and, and just don't throw to the other guys right like he he can he can do that he's not gonna just for no reason force a bad ball right and, and Seattle's front um right now is just not equipped to to force those mistakes jordan brooks the linebacker for seattle he's done he's not going to be in this one he's he's out for the playoffs um so just one of the few talented players that the defense and especially the front had and and san francisco you know is is gonna you know we talked about shanahan in the ground game right that i think they're gonna run all over him to start um they're not even gonna need brock purdy too much they haven't ran for less than 150 yards since week 13 against Miami. And that was that 121 in that game. Um, they, they pretty much consistently, even with, you know, some getting banged up along the offensive line at, at various points this season, just always have a good design for the run game. Um, looking at their injury report right now, the, the big names to watch out for are Aaron Banks, one of the starting guards and uh, Drake Greenlaw, the linebacker uh, with the back injury and Banks with the ankle, and I think ankle and knee actually. But it, it just feels like that offensively, they're going to be able to do exactly what they want to do. They're going to be able to run the ball. If they need to pass, they will. They won't have too big of an issue with it. And, and then defensively with Seattle, you know, just I, I think they can do anything pretty well. You know, you mentioned Ken Walker. I think the first guy that I've ever seen literally hurt himself from running too hard uh that that weird ankle sprain that he had uh what was that two-thirds through the way through the season literally just watching that guy run and he just like hit his foot too hard against the ground he didn't plan it weird he didn't twist it he didn't get hit he was running out of bounds and his foot hit the ground too hard and he sprained his foot i love that picture of the seattle team out in the snow all shirtless they've got to be the single most jacked team in the nfl (laughs) Like they just have a whole bunch of, I mean, obviously everyone in the NFL is, you know, ridiculously shredded, but uh, put those dudes in like a bodybuilding contest. (laughs) Uh, Ken Walker and DK Metcalf are two dudes. I would not want to see in a back alley. (laughs) And I mean, obviously it all starts with Pete Carroll guy lives in the gym. Um, 
but they they showed us in the in the Jets game a couple of weeks ago, you know, the the Jets with those great corners that they have, they wanted to take away the outsides of the field, right? They took DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett completely out of that game. I think they combined for like three catches for less than 50 yards or something. And, and Gino just said, okay, fine. Drop back, work the middle of the field, tight ends, Ken Walker. Um, I think DJ Dallas got a couple catches in that one, but you know, you do that to San Francisco and and you're throwing towards Fred Warner and that's not going to go the same way as it is against CJ Mosley, who, you know, is, is still okay against the run, but not Fred Warner against the pass. So, you know, I, it's been awesome seeing Seattle do this. It's great to see that they're still going to have, you know, a top 10 pick in the draft as well. Um, and they're going to keep building and, and it's been really fun watching them. But the, this 49ers team is just way too complete to, to, I think, have any kind of issues in this round. Um, I'd say, I'd say the one kind of matchup I am looking at is just can those uh, Seahawks receivers do something in this game? Because we saw just a couple weeks ago, Jared Stidham and the Raiders, not really Jared Stidham and the Raiders, Devontae Adams and the Raiders <laughs> was able to make plays on these corners and they're good, right? Traveris Ward is a good corner, but if you're going to beat this team, you're going to have to do it out wide and you're going to have to do it with a receiver that can get open. So can DK get himself open? Can Tyler Lockett get himself open? And, you know, that's, that's really the only way you're going to do it. So I think that's a good matchup. And then seeing these rookie tackles play this 49ers defensive line. I'm really interested in those tackles have been good. Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, I think better than a lot of people have expected and they've sustained throughout the year pretty well. Um, But this, you know, defensive line, and you mentioned Nick Bosa, just a different animal. So how well can they hold up in this game and give Gino time to hopefully get to those receivers? I think will be the matchups to watch. But again, I think 49ers are probably just too complete all around. Yeah. Um, and then the one guy whose name we haven't mentioned on the 49ers is Elijah Mitchell, uh, who is also just a ridiculously talented running back. Um Christian McCaffrey gets all the love there, but Elijah Mitchell came back from injury last week and had five carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns, I believe. Um, So, yeah, if, you know, for some reason McCaffrey were to go down, it's not a significant downgrade to their their number two, whereas if anything happens to Ken Walker, I don't trust DJ Dallas to to carry a load like I would Elijah. And even just from the standpoint of, how creative this offense can get and yeah, give, giving McCaffrey a spell at any point, not feeling like you have to go to him hundred percent of the time. Um, I I was already, you know, just excited to see, okay, when McCaffrey splits out wide, man, you could throw Ayuk in the backfield. Obviously mm. you could throw Debo in the backfield, Debo, obviously. throw throw Kittle in the backfield at some point. I, let me Love see, like, see a fullback time with that guy. That anytime his check gets the ball, I'm super Yuschek. happy. And and now with Mitchell back as well, kind of just thinking for, for this game and the playoffs as a whole, it's going to be so easy to see those sets with McCaffrey split out wide and just put Mitchell back there. Mm-hmm. And it's 49, 49ers offense is fun, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a great playoff. I really hope, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but we, we need 49ers Eagles. We need to see it. We need to see it. I think um, the 49ers Vikings game is going to be a hell of a game. If you know that's what it comes down to, uh, as the two and the three seed in the mm-hmm. NFC getting a matchup, I think that would be one that I would be really excited to watch. Let's what a what a segue professional podcaster over here. Let's get <laughs> straight into our next matchup: Vikings Giants. 
Uh, the Giants obviously locking this thing up in week 17. Uh, Brian Dayball just has this team so well coached up. This team punched over their weight all season long uh, from from the jump, from week one, even without the injuries that they then sustained. Um just on corners who were on practice squads for other teams, wide receivers who were on their couches in October, just anything that you could think of this team is going through. Um, then the Vikings, a team that continuously gets themselves into quicksand at some point in every single game. And it's always a show to watch if they are able to pull themselves out of it or not. Um, but, but a team with a, a great offense and a defense that, Hasn't performed the best this season, but I think Sneaky has the things that you need for for a little bit of a playoff run. So, what do you have here for Vikings and Giants? Um, the Giants have got to be the least talented team that's in the playoffs, which is ju- just from a pure like roster standpoint. Um, hats off to Brian Dable. We've been saying it all year on the Tricky Takes podcast that he's our coach of the year since like week. We kind of got on that road and we have not veered off for one second. But I mean, if you look to the guy on the other sideline, it's another first year head coach, two first year head coaches, both of them in massive heavy contention for coach of the year in their first year. Mm -hmm. So Kevin O'Connell is an offensive mastermind and the way he gets Justin Jefferson open like he did last year in the Rams with Cooper cup, um, give that man a star wide receiver and he will make something uh, happen. Like it's, it's super fun watching the Vikings. And then, you know, Dalvin cook uh, went out, uh, was out last week, got knocked out of the game, but Looks like he's going to be back. Uh, reportedly, he just got cleated, and it was like a, a cut that just would not stop bleeding for whatever mm-hmm. reason, which sounds kind of weird, but whatever. Apparently, he showed the lacerations on his leg, and it checks out. So I guess he's good to go. Nice. Which, um, you know, if he if he's not healthy, then we're talking about a whole different situation. Alexander Madison's a very good backup, but Dalvin Cooks, you know, a top six running back. I think I don't really. Think you can name six guys ahead of them. So, you know when it when you look at it, just pure talent wise, it's going to be hard for the the Giants to overcome it. But we've said that all season long, and they just right. kept winning. So, um, Saquon is a beast. You know that Minnesota defense is known to act more like Swiss cheese than an actual defense um, from time to time, but there's some key stats that I think, uh, like I said, I'm, I like looking at the kind of splits and that kind of stuff. And the Vikings this season are actually 12 and 0 in games where they are favored by three or more points, and they're favored by three points here. So it's gonna be tough. The Vikings have won every single one score game that they've been in. Um, and I think that's super important. It's you can look at it in two different ways. You can look at it as a knock of like, wow, these guys are, you know, letting teams hang in for way too long. They're not just like going out and, you know, putting guys down early, like a, a real elite team would, but they don't lose those games that a lot of teams would lose. Like this team has 
an insane amount of grit and they never give up. And I think that's what really it puts them with a good shot to make a deep run into these playoffs because playoff games, you expect to be close and no team has more um, experience in the playoffs than the Vikings in these close games. That is such, such an important point and such an overlooked point. And I, I completely agree. I said it, I think it was back at the, it's so crazy how long they've been doing this for. I mean, it was the bills game that we had this long conversation about, okay, luck versus skill versus, and that's exactly why I said the know-how of surviving these close games and being in it. Cause first with that one, uh, with the bills game, everyone was thinking back to the, um, Oh no, it was the, the, which other game? Oh, the Colts game where they had the yeah. Dallas game, right? That, <laughs> They go down big in Dallas. They immediately just kind of crater and they they fall apart. Then they have the Colts game. And they say, "Hey, we've been here before, man." You know, it's it's, it's a James Franco uh, meme, right? Uh, in whatever the, the Oz movie, I think it was, and it's like, "Oh, first time, like, yeah, I've, I've done this mm-hmm. before. I can be down by thirty points and it doesn't bother me." Um, now, the thing that does bother me most in the matchup that I am looking forward to most, because yeah, everything. From an on-field standpoint, you said it is exactly right. And I was trying to look this up for um, the Giants and their – I don't know if I trust this site here, but I'm just going to look up their their red zone percentage this season. Um, that's defense. That's not what I want. Anyways, um, because the Vikings defensively, they give up so much yardage, but they actually come together pretty well in the red zone um it's a bend but don't break kind of scheme that you've seen really popular over the last half decade really um i think back to the packers uh several years ago um i think it was like matt lafleur's first year when they were had that kind of same mentality of who cares if they kick a field goal every single time like we're gonna go down and score touchdowns we have that kind of offense and that's what kevin o'connell's mentality is he knows his defense isn't super talented so he's like, hey, we're going to play smart. We're going to jump on certain plays and try and get turnovers. Um, otherwise, we're just going to you know, let them get their four yards while the field's wide. Let's see how they can perform when they've only got you know 20 yards to work with and it gets exactly. real tight. Exactly. Now the Giants um, look to be a top 10 team in the red zone. I have him uh, on this side at least. They're, they're ranked seventh. Uh, at 63% of the time, they're getting a touchdown in the red zone. And that's that's based on the run game. That's based on, you know, Daniel Jones, if he's inside the 20, um, liable to run for a touchdown. Saquon, same thing. And, you know, that I think that's going to be the key. Can can the Giants punch in? Can they get sevens instead of threes? Um, and, and then for the Vikings, the, here's I think we'll know. Here, here's my take on it. We're going to know at the end of the first quarter who's going to win this game. Because what the Vikings tend to do is when they get down, and if they get down big and they get down big too quickly, they tend to panic. And that's when we see, I think it was the Colts game when they went down big. And they they were down, I think it was when they were down 17-0, still in the first quarter, completely fluky, right? It was the, the punt block or, or muffed punt um, return for a touchdown after the, the Colts scored on their first drive and then an interception that led to a field goal all like weird fluky stuff right 
and they panic immediately. They go for it on fourth and long on two separate drives on the next two drives from their own 33 yard line, her own 38 yard line or something like that. And it's just like, just no, you don't have to do that. Right. Punt the ball away. Trust your defense to not give up 70 yard drives to the Colts. Right. And, you know, trust your offense to, to mount the, you know, get a couple touchdowns in a row and the giants while better than the Colts and they have an offense that's effective. It's the same idea uh, that in theory, this, this giants offense should not be able to keep up with this Vikings offense. So just trust your team over time, uh, over the course of a full game. But if they get down too big, too quick, if the Vikings get down too big, too quick, uh, just watch and, and yeah, make sure Kevin O'Connell doesn't get, doesn't start shaking around in his boots a little bit looking at Brian Dayball. Cause I think that's the only, I think they just shoot themselves in the foot more than anything, honestly. Do you see who uh, scored a touchdown for the giants last week? No, but I, all I know is Davis Webb played. Did he score a touchdown? No, Kenny Galladay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Don't let Kenny G get hot, <laughs> Vikings, because don't let him get some confidence. <laughs> I saw I saw something, and it was it was like Kenny Galladay. I forget. I don't know how long into the game it was, but you only need seventy six more catches to get his seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollar <laughs> bonus incentive. Um, yeah, needless to say, that that didn't quite work out. But hey, you never you never know when someone gets hot at the right time. And um, Kenny Galladay, like he was legitimately one of my favorite guys to watch when he was in um, Detroit. My first year, fun fact, my first year making my own fantasy football rankings was Kenny Galladay's last year. I want to say it was last year in Detroit. The, the season he got hurt really bad, and, and I mm-hmm. missed most of the year. Um. I had him as my wide receiver three in fantasy football. I projected mm-hmm. massive things from him. And I feel like that was my curse <laughs> um, that I bestowed upon him. And so I apologize, Kenny Galladay. That, that's part of this. You can, you can blame it on me. Kenny, if you want to come on the pod and, and you want to hash this thing out with Austin, you just, <laughs> you just let us know over here on the Simon Shore podcast. No, no big deal, man. We'll set it up. Um, Anything else on Vikings Giants? Um, the uh, the game is at like a normal time, so I don't think we have to worry about uh, prime, prime time, time Kirk. <laughs> it's at like the four thirty Eastern game, so uh, that's that's exactly his wheelhouse. That's exactly, great. so I don't think you have to worry about that one too much. Not even not even the one o'clock, right? Everyone's watched a game already. They're, right. they're kind of taking a little mid afternoon half nap on the couch, right? Yeah. Just... Well, I think it is. Wait, is it? The... Yeah, it's the four thirty. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's the four thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, I'm Vikings fans uh, are are happy about that. That that's the schedule for the game, and it's not the Monday night or the Sunday night. Uh, yeah, you could could only imagine let's let's get into the monday night game then another great transition by you you are just on a roll bucks cowboys monday night um the cowboys despite how it looks when you watch uh we get the same graphic every single week with dak prescott holding the football looking all great and heroic and uh it's it the cowboys are basically a top five offense when he plays and a lot of that is them figuring out the run game, figuring out the two-headed monster of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. But, you know, this offense puts up points when Dak Prescott is back there under center. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are very good against very bad teams and then not so good against really the rest of the teams. But Tom Brady in the playoffs is, as always, going to be a scary thing. What are you looking at for Tampa and Dallas? Well, I think this is um, kind of a maker or break, like a make or break game for Dak Prescott because while the, the offense has been, you know, performing well, he really has not. He actually leads the NFL in interceptions on the season and he missed five games. He has been turning the ball over at a rate that we haven't seen since Jameis Winston. Like since coming back from injury in week seven, I believe is when he came back. He has just been turning the ball over. I think he's had a turnover in every single game except one since he's came back. So it's um, they're lucky that they're playing the Bucks, who I don't really seem to get that many interceptions. Um, but I still expect him to throw at least one. That's just kind of what he does. But um, he's not going to be, it doesn't make him gun shy, I guess is, is a positive that you can take out of it. He's not, he doesn't throw a pick and then get scared to throw the ball into a tight window. Again, he trusts, you know, CD lamb and uh, his other receivers out there to, to go make a play when it's uh, needed. And uh, he's definitely got talented guys. I think Michael Gallup uh, coming back has helped the offense out a lot more than people realize as well. So, um, that offense going up against the Buccaneers who are hurt probably more than anyone else. I know we've mentioned a lot of injuries on this podcast because it's a long season and um, players are going to get hurt, but I think the Bucks might have the worst of it. Like genuinely it's, it's been pretty, pretty rough down there in Tampa. So we'll see Tom Brady in the playoffs you know, you never really want to bet against that, but I did find another interesting stat. Tom Brady is 24 and eight at home in the playoffs all time, 24 and eight, but, but he's only three and two at home in wild card in the wild card round. Uh-huh. So he has a kink in the armor <laughs> that I think it's, it's wild card weekend. He, he can't mm-hmm. handle it. He needs the buy. He's that old man. Just he can't. He he needs another buy. That's really that is very interesting. Um, let's see. So many great points there. The Dak and the interceptions has been so fascinating because they do come at in such a myriad of ways, right? It is, yeah, they're not all his fault. Right. As but, no no quarterbacks, all of their interceptions are their fault, but he does seem to have quite a few that are like tipped or something. And and it still happens, right? Regardless of, you know, so Cowboys fans don't come after us or anything, but regardless of of how and who you want to blame, the interceptions happen. And and he's the quarterback and he's the one that's supposed to make sure the turnovers don't happen. And whether it's, you know, it, like a, like a point guard in basketball, you know, this guy likes to catch it over here. This guy likes this angle. This guy needs this much space, you know, don't throw it to that guy when someone's on him. Cause he's, he's bad hands. He double catches it, right. He's going to tip it up. Um, you know, the, the tight windows, which do happen, the tip passes at the line, which happen for a reason. Um, 
it's still a lot of factors. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of turnovers over on the Phantom Football podcast, uh, which I also do uh, on Tuesdays that that show comes out. We talked about um, the, uh, or actually no, it was just last week with, with Ben Parker, who's on that podcast with me. We talked about the Cowboys and they do lead the league in turnover in interceptions thrown, but they're still second in the league in turnover differential. Um, that was that was as of last week. So their thing is going to be, can they? Let's see. Yeah, their their thing is going to be, can they? You know, basically make up for it. Can this defense create some turnovers off of Tom Brady, which is going to be difficult to do? Um, and, and you talk about Tom Brady and, and what they've you know accomplished or tried to accomplish so far this season. And, you know, there's been some great moments. He obviously, uh, week 17 against Carolina, had the huge, huge game. So if you have Brady and or Mike Evans on your fantasy team this season, congrats on your championship you probably just got if you were in it. Um, but, you know, here towards the end of the season, wins against the Panthers and the Cardinals and the Saints and that Seahawks win over in Germany, losses to San Francisco, Cincinnati, Atlanta here in this last game, that didn't really matter, and, and Cleveland. Um when they play good teams, they lose, you know, and, and even those, those fun fourth quarter comebacks, what uh, I think one against the Rams. And, and I think the other against the saints earlier this season, you know, that's great. Those are, those are bad teams. So, and this Cowboys defense, it, it certainly has its faults. So I am interested to see if Brady can pick on some of these, you know, second and third string corners that the Cowboys have in, can he, can he fool Trayvon Diggs a couple times? Who's going to be going for those interceptions? Um, can, can you make him look silly that that's, you know, going to be interesting. Uh, the bucks, their run game has been horrible this season. The Cowboys run defense is not very good as well. Um, so that's going to be, you know, but you know, two, two weaknesses kind of going against each other. We'll see if anything comes of that, but if this bucks team decides to give up the run game, give up all the goofy stuff and say, Tom, we're putting this in your hands, go win it for us. The matchup I'm excited to see is how does this offensive line hold up against this Dallas Cowboys pass rush? Because even with everything the Cowboys defense has gone through this season, from injuries to Leighton Van Der Esch to Anthony Brown, some other guys, um, that pass rush is still there. Micah Parsons is still coming. So Donovan Smith is banged up. I don't think he ended up playing last week. Uh, Tristan Wirfs came back from injury a couple of weeks ago. Um, Robert Hainsey, the center, he got hurt in the game last week against the Falcons. What is this team going to look like? Can they hold up against this pass rush? Can Brady feel like he has enough time to sit in the pocket and try to make throws, pick on some of these corners, that that struggle for the Cowboys? Um, if not, if the pass rush is getting to him, if he doesn't have enough time to throw, you know, I think even if Dak throws a pick or two, I think this Cowboys offense is still going to be efficient enough to get sevens. Um, so it's just going to be, can Tom Brady keep up? Yeah, you really nailed it on the head there with the the pass rush. And like I said earlier, Michael Parsons is you know the most fun player to watch on defense right now, at least on the, the defensive line. Uh, some guys are more fun fans of watching you know, the D-backs play, and I respect that. But uh, I love a good watching a good pass rusher. So um, Michael Parsons is fun to watch, and Demarcus Lawrence is also having an incredible year. Uh, another pro bowler, um, which you could say wasn't deserved, but – um, when you look at what that team does, he's definitely a big part of it. Him and uh, Michael Parsons are real 
creators of chaos is it's how I would describe their play. Um, so it, it ties really well with how their DBs play. I think the whole uh, defense kind of uh, works off each other and yep. that's kind of what allows them to be so successful is the uh, line you will go create pressure, make the quarterback make a quick decision and the D and the, the D backs jump on it as quickly as possible. And it's kind of the opposite of that bend, but don't break. They're like, we want to go, we're going to take risks. And if it means we're going to get burnt every once in a while, that's okay. Cause we're also going to get you a couple of times. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're banking on having that pass rush advantage every single time. So, you know, yeah, maybe you'll fool uh, again, just, just like with Dak, really, you might fool Trayvon Diggs once or twice, beat him for one or two big plays. Maybe one's a touchdown, but maybe he takes one away too because he does that and it comes out, you know, net neutral. And then you just bank on Dak moving him down the field and that that run game getting enough points. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're on there. It, it starts with that pass rush. If those guys are doing what we expect them to do, what they've done all season, and they're getting after Tom and making him get rid of it quick, and they're making things tough on Mike Evans. Um, I think Dallas is is going to have this. I will say though, if they don't, they have another quick, quick embarrassing exit. Um, Sean Payton's interviewing right now, and he's ready to come back. So Mike McCarthy just better watch his back a little bit. Just take care of business. You'll be fine if you get to the divisional round, I think. But uh, anything, anything else might spell some trouble. Um, anything else on on Dallas or Tampa? Um, no, I. I... I was kind of looking at some stuff about um, Dallas on the road and, and um, how they play like favorite on the road and stuff. And nothing really jumps out at me on that front. Um, so I think you just kind of have to look at what we've talked about so far. And um, I've come to the conclusion that I think Dallas is just going to win. Uh, but I don't think you can count Tom Brady out ever. So We'll see. I think this is another one. Um, this is actually this is a rematch of the first Sunday night game of the year. First game, yeah, first game of the season. Actually, oh, not first every, game. I don't know, but yeah, no, first Sunday, Sunday night game. Yeah, first Sunday, Sunday night. night game. Um, the uh, every single game that we talked about, every single game this weekend has a rematch from something in the regular season. Some, I think, three of the teams are divisional matchups. Divisional. So they played twice, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the other three are at least played once. So. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I don't know the I don't know how common that is. Um, yeah, but it's interesting. All right, I think that does it for Bucks Cowboys. Let's just go through real quick all six of these games once again, and pick our winners, and then you can talk to us about tricky takes for a little bit before we get out of here. So, Austin, you ready for your official predictions? I am. Yeah, hit me. Okay, good. This is the Simon Short podcast, so we'll only you know hold you to it if you're wrong. So just be just be ready for that. Um, Bills, Dolphins. What do you got? I got the Bills. I have the Bills as well. Bengals, Ravens. What do you got? Let's let's assume Lamar Jackson does not play. Uh, I got the Bengals. Bengals. Would you Would you say anything different if Lamar played? No, I don't think I would. Okay, I think. I think I would. I think I would just expect Lamar to come in and just screw everything up for everybody. But <laughs> Lamar not playing, Bang Bengals are going to take this. Jags, Chargers. I know this is the tough one for you. God, um, or am I assuming Mike Williams is in or out? You tell me. 
He's in, but he's hobbled. Call it 70% of Mike Williams. Wow. Fence sitter, huh? Okay. I'll take, (laughs) give me the chargers. Give me the chargers. I'm, I'm going to go chargers too. I think, I think their, their defense, we didn't really talk about this, but their defense says, which is funny because Brandon Staley is a defensive guy. Yeah. Their, their defense has gotten better every single week. I think, I think the Jaguars make a mistake and and the chargers can hang in there. I'm going to go chargers as well. 49ers Seahawks. Niners. Same here. Vikings, Giants. Everyone's having fun picking the Giants right now. Not Vikings. Vikings as well. Uh, Bucks, Cowboys. I got the Cowboys. You wanted to do it. You wanted. I to did. I thought about it for a half second. <laughs> we did agree too much. I went Cowboys, so we are six for six. So we're either going to look like complete geniuses here, or we're we're both going to look a little silly at some point. But. Um, yeah, I'm with you. So we will see how that goes. Wildcard weekend, always a blast. Two games Saturday, three games Sunday, one game Monday. Hope everybody enjoys. Austin, tell us about Tricky Takes before we get out of here. I know we briefly hit it at the top, but just go ahead and, and give us the lowdown and, and why we should get some more crossover in our listenership. Yeah, so uh, please go check me out on the, the Tricky Takes podcast, and that is Tricky with two I's, T-R-I-I-C-K-Y. Um it's not the best for like branding, but uh, we've all kind of had that like as our gamer tag since we started playing uh, video games together years and years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the reason for the name. If, uh, if anyone's interested, uh, we also have a Twitter account the false on Twitter. We're going to try and be more active over there. Um, and I think we'll, we'll have some fun uh, posting our brackets. If you want to hear our brackets, we just recorded that and uploaded it today on Wednesday so uh, go listen to the Tricky Takes podcast if you want to hear who I've got the rest of the rounds and, and who my uh, ultimate Super Bowl pick is. Um, and then we do a lot of other stuff. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, it's not just uh, football content. It's fantasy football content. It's baseball. We covered the World Cup. We haven't really touched NBA much. I imagine that changing once um, that kind of NFL buzz dies down and then we're big college basketball guys march is going to be super fun because we've also got the world baseball classic so uh we're gonna have a ton of fun in march plus we'll do some nfl draft content by that time Uh, i'm really excited for um the month of of march just in general because uh as a as a sports fan that's going to be a real real hotbed and we're just a sports podcast like we just talk sports so if you're interested in anything or everything come give us a listen there's probably something in some point in each episode of the podcast that you want to hear absolutely yeah it's a ton of fun i think my favorite segment that i i've caught has been the um nfl rookies coming for their doctor's appointments i I imagine that's a you thing uh, if you like goofy sports puns or just puns in general, which we have on occasion here, but um, it will see it will be on steroids if you go to the Tricky Takes podcast and, and go check that one out. That one, that one was a ton of fun. I had a great time listening to that one. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, that is a, is the listener favorite segment. That's not a weekly segment. We also have one weekly segment called the Tricky Fifty, which is a really fun fantasy game we play every single week. Where instead of bidding money on players like you do in a normal fantasy auction, you're actually bidding fantasy points, and we each get fifty points. And so whoever's the host will say, "Okay, this week Justin Herbert 
I'm bidding them off for like 16 and a half points. And then you can decide whether you want to bid on them and you can have a little bidding war. And uh, that's super fun. It's something we just kind of created uh, on a whim uh, to play one week. And it was such a hit. We had a, such a blast do it, doing it that we decided to create a weekly segment. Um, so that's super fun. Um, if you come watch any single, if you go listen to any single episode we've ever recorded, you'll hear that at the end of it. Uh, we think we might've missed one or two weeks throughout the the course of the season, but it's on almost every single podcast. So, um, and we're going to bring it back next year. So, uh, if you liked it, if you like it and listen to it and you wish you would have caught it live, just wait, uh, next NFL season, we're going to kick it back off again. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun over there. A lot of great content happening. Uh, so make sure you guys go subscribe and follow on Twitter and listen to the Tricky Takes podcast with Austin and his co-host. And, and Austin mentioned it at the top. We were on the Phantom Fantasy Football podcast this week as well with Brandon Tim, who's also been on this show. So make sure you guys are checking that out. He's also um, been on Tricky Takes as well. He's on Tricky Takes. Was he the one that threw the fullbacks out at he you did, at the yeah. last Tricky 50? <laughs> gosh that that guy man that was devious no one expected that we hadn't had a single fullback on yet and then he was just like there you go with a Uh, smile on his face too the smoke bastard twisted (laughs) he's twisted um yeah everything for phantom sports guys so phantom football podcast the odds on favor with ben and, and robertson who's been on here as well uh, the Tricky Takes podcast, Phantom Fantasy Football podcast. Go go check everybody out. Austin's been on basically every podcast now as well. We'll have to get him on the Phantom Football podcast at some point. Love, but yeah, love to. Ma- making his rounds and um, it's fun yeah, seeing now. everybody in the in, in the Phantom Sports industries grow together. You yeah. know, a, a rising tide raises all ships, and that's kind of the mentality we've got over here. Uh, we all really have enjoyed every single time we've hung out with anybody. Uh, there it's all it's all great people smart people fun to talk to so um, you really you can click on any one of the podcasts and and have a good listen absolutely and with that Austin man thank you so much for being here this was this was a great little preview I can't wait for um, this wild card matchup and and, uh, listen to the tricky takes and hear you guys talk about it and and have you back on here at some point because I heard we're we're not going to do this now because we'll be on for another hour but I heard your Stetson Bennett NFL draft take and I I will need to talk to you about that at some point so okay, um, interesting. we <laughs> we will we will definitely have you back on man if you'll do it we really appreciate you coming on tonight yeah man I, I genuinely had a blast so uh, I'm excited to come back and uh, maybe have you over on Tricky Takes we'll talk about that too of course absolutely my man so everybody thank you all for listening as well for me and for awesome we appreciate it um, so enjoy wildcard weekend have fun and be safe out there.